call me. That's might... not one fist, though. No, that's but... much bigger than a fist. That's because you're using the Mighty Shaw SM58. It's not. It doesn't make one better than the other. It's just they're different. No, I am better than you. Hello, and welcome to Sharp, the podcast where we help you get a little better at the stuff you have to do so you can spend more time doing the stuff you want to do. So now, on with the episode. I'm not, I haven't actually thought about how we're going to start this. <laughs> well, I'll hang do, on, I'll measure my fist. I'll do an introduction somewhere in the introduction. We, I shall say something like, we, we join... We join us as Lisa is trying to get the correct distance away from her microphone, <laughs> <laughs> which seems to be proving to be a problem. Well, it wouldn't be a problem if you'd let me sit in the big chair. You are sitting in the big chair. I'm not sitting in the big chair. I'm. It's the same chair. Well, it's not the same chair. Obviously, we're not sharing a chair. We're a two-chair house. <laughs> we, we are successful people who are appealing to, uh, to listeners who, who want to know, how do I get to be as successful as... Lisa and Steve, and have more than one chair, but less than three in their house. That was my mum's text coming through. What's she saying? Let's have a look. I Sorry forgot to, to change the we ringer. Have to, we have to interrupt the programme because Lisa's got a text from her mum. Oh, the jacket that Charlie wants for Christmas is out of stock. Oh, you're joking. Okay, I've advised her to look on the World Wide Web. Okay, will, will that change- involve your dad? <laughs> www full stop he'll have to put the big button on at the wall where do we buy jackets.com okay I'm ready when you are so this is because I have interviewed you yeah. and I've interviewed other people yeah and you've heard me interviewing other people several times but now you're interviewing me that's so, a bit weird isn't it so you're Parkinson is it, <laughs> it's an honour to be here tell me tell me about your podcast you see if I was sat in a big chair I could touch your knee so Lisa's going to interview me and ask me some questions, which uh, is the tables have turned and the chairs have turned, although one chair is bigger than the other. It's not. The chairs are the same size. Let's just be clear. They are literally the same chair. Steve, you're sat in a recording booth and I'm sat in the corner of a bedroom with a mattress behind my head. <laughs> it's not the way that things don't, should be done. <laughs> don't reveal. These are studio secrets. So hi Lisa, we've uh, we've rocked up to um, uh, to Big Bang Recording Studios in Soho, <laughs> and uh, I'm in Studio One. You're in Studio Two. The engineers. Studio Two is not good. <laughs> the engineers are on standby. Uh, all the recording levels are set, and you're interviewing me. No pressure. Go. <laughs> Okay, so let's get going, shall we? So, okay, first thing, I've had to think about what I think everyone might be interested in hearing from you. So first off, Steve, we would like to know why you are interested in the stuff you talk about on the podcast. Uh, basically, I'm a bit of a loony and I, and I do this and have an unhealthy interest in this stuff and I do all the research so the listeners don't have to. Do I have to be serious for any of this? Some of it. Okay. Let's be serious. I'll try and be serious for 30 seconds. So I've spent many years as a learner, as we all have. I've done all sorts of different jobs and that kind of stuff. I spent a bit of period of my life formally working in the learning and development area. 
and I've always been interesting in interesting. I've always been interesting. <laughs> Not I've always, always been, love. <laughs> I've always been interesting. I've always been interested. Just to bear in mind, we've only got so much tape. I've always been interested in self-development. And uh, the bit that kind of got me going was that, um, it's a bit cliche, but it's it's A.A. Milne's introduction to Edward Bear, who I think he, did he become Paddington? I, I'm sorry, but that was so long ago in a distant memory that... Yes, I, I remember it like remember. it was yesterday. But the opening line is, here is Edward Bear coming downstairs now, bump, bump, bump on the back of his head behind Christopher Robin. It is, as far as he knows, the only way of coming downstairs. But sometimes he feels that there really is another way. If only he could stop bumping for a moment and think of it. So that's, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's Steve, having... can I just stop you there? Yes. Paddington Bear is nothing to do with A.A. A. Milne. I think you meant Winnie the Pooh, I didn't did mean you? Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Paddington Bear. <laughs> like yes. marmalade sandwiches. Should we do that bit again? <laughs> Shall we? Yes. What's really important is getting the research done to a very high standard. <laughs> Just mix my bears up. Christopher Robin and Paddington Bear. Christopher Robin and Paddington. Yes, he, I'm sure Paddington eventually became Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that bit out. Uh, and, and then there's the Stephen Covey bits, the uh, seven habits and, and the habit of sharpening the source. So... I've just, I suppose I've just had a general interest in this kind of thing and um, we're talking a bit about why it turned into a podcast, but it's something that's, uh, that's interested me for some time. I guess I'm just a bit sad. Well, I don't think you're sad and certainly listening to you talk about a lot of this stuff, I've got a little bit interested in it, not quite as much as you, but I certainly use some of the stuff that you talk about in my day-to-day life. So, so okay. at work, I use a lot of the kind of email tips that you give everyone I use a bit about um, managing my time so chunking time out I use um, the bits about my to-do lists and my must-do lists um, and that stuff I share with my team too so it's all cool but how do you use it day to day I've said before that I wouldn't put anything on the podcast that either I've not tried myself or you know isn't verified in, in some way so what do I do I do the morning routine which, as you know, is really important to me. Things like some exercise in the morning, my meditation. Uh, as you know, Lisa, I am a huge fan of GTD. And whilst the whole GTD model, for some people, they absolutely love it from start to finish. I think the first, the first bit of it, the bit that really hit home for me, is as this stuff comes across our threshold. So, you know, you get emails, you get text messages from people, you get your boss asking you to do stuff, all sorts of things is taking just a second to think, what is this thing? What is this thing that I've been given? And, and what does it mean to me? What am I doing with it? Because I think the mistake we make often is that we presume that because we've been given something to do or something's come across our threshold, we've got to do something with it. And actually, I think the most important part of GTD is not about getting more stuff done. It's, it's kind of the opposite. It's about actually, how can I um, be, exercise a bit more discretion about what I don't do? And then, um, and then that leaves me with the things that I can do capably. So, so I do the GTD stuff. I do the end of day journaling. So you'll know that I sit there at the end of the day and, and journal my day. And the gratitude bit is really, really important for me. And I love things like Evernote and Nosby and all that kind of stuff. So um, I found that putting that stuff into practice as a collection of things has helped me be clearer in my mind about what I can do 
but also give me some confidence to say, actually, there are some things I can't do. And that's probably the most important bit for me. Well, that was serious for quite a long period of time. Yeah. No uh, laughing. uh, Well, I'm laughing internally. It's really important for me to mention as well that I think that since you've been doing and using a lot of this stuff, there's a marked difference in terms of your downtime, your stress levels, you know, because our lives are really, really hectic. We have a lot to contend with. And I think that it has had an impact on our joint lives as well as just you as an individual. Would you agree? Definitely. And, you know, you would, um, you'd be the first person to, to, to say that the stuff that we have going on, it would, it would be very easy to get stressed and to, you know, to get really worked up about it and to kind of go down that rabbit hole of feeling stressed, which then makes you feel less effective, which then makes you feel more stressed and, you know, that vicious circle. So, um, yeah, I think you're right. I think it does, it, it helps me get some context on things. And then that then helps us get context on things. And, um, and that's important. Well, that was even more serious. And I've spilled my tea everywhere as well. Yeah, I did notice. Fortunately, it's only honey tea, which means it's very, very sticky. It hasn't gotten any on any of the equipment. <laughs> well, fortunately, the people from the studio will have to clear it up. Oh, yes. Sorry. Rather than... Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. Can you come and clean this up, please, technician? Uh, mm, not sure that's going to happen. No, I'll go and get a cloth in a minute. So um, tell us why you started the podcast. Okay, so I was doing voiceover work before. Um, I'd done voiceover work as a pro for people like EasyJet, Lotus, World Duty Free, everything from a John Cleese-style advert for a tie clip company in the States to EverReady being a battery in Dubai. I stopped doing professional voiceovers because um, I stopped doing professional voiceovers full time um, because I had a day job and it was a, a job that I had to focus on and commit myself to. I still take up the odd bit of voiceover work in my spare time. But if you're not focused on marketing yourself and promoting what you do, then the work becomes you know, quite sparse, really. becomes The jobs become few and far between. And because I had this interest in self-development, it just kind of seemed logical that actually I could mash together the voiceover stuff with uh, the development stuff and make a podcast. And how hard could it be to make a podcast? Clearly, you know, there's loads of them around. There's millions of podcasts out. It must be straightforward. Ha, little did I know. And it has been a bit of a journey, hasn't it? I think you did spend an awful lot of time planning before you recorded your first episode. I yes. can remember it well. About six months. And, you know, you said a bit tongue-in-cheek, how hard can it be? But would you have done anything differently if you were doing it again? Yes, I would not have started doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing I'd have done differently. Uh, yeah, I, um, there's a couple of things I would have done differently. Um, I certainly would have planned less and and done more. Not because planning was time-consuming, but... As soon as you throw into it yourself into it and start actually recording, you learn more by doing it than you do by preparing for it. So my advice to anybody recording a podcast now is just throw yourself in and do it. You know, you, you need to plan a bit, but um, plan less and do it more. And I think the other thing I would have done differently is I probably wouldn't have started out with such a rigid structure. I mean, in the first episode, I talked about, you know, we're going to have these short, sharp episodes, then 
kind of an omnibus thing with someone talking about it. And it, it didn't pan out like that. And I probably wouldn't have uh, declared such a rigid structure from the start. I would have made it a bit more free-flowing and just kind of let it go. So, so that would be my advice to people that want to start a podcast. Get on and do it. Plan it less. Do more. Don't be too rigid about what you're doing in the first place because you'll find that it will evolve and it will change and it will go in directions you really didn't expect it to. So as a professional voiceover artist, I guess you felt, or not I guess, I know that you felt pretty confident that you had a really strong foundation for for starting the podcast and the technical side of it and how you wanted it to sound and be. And and actually, you spend a lot of time listening to podcasts, don't you? So mm. you felt pretty confident when you started doing the podcast that things would be not easy, but pretty straightforward. Um, but I also know that you've learned a lot on the journey. So talk to us about that. Talk to us about what you have learned as part of the process. I don't know where to begin. So much. Yeah, as you said, you know, you kind of, when you record, so when you record voiceover work for people, you generally record a file. It's about the delivery of it. So it's about how you sound and it's about how you get those words across. That's where your focus is. The technical side, the kind of the bit afterwards around what does it sound like, the engineering, compression, all that kind of stuff, you generally don't do when you, when you do voiceover work because you send it to someone else and they do that. You're not making something that's, the finished article. And I learned very quickly with podcasting, because you are making the finished article, that uh, there are quite a lot of steps in between saying something into a microphone and putting it out there. In fact, there are 44 steps to record a podcast. Some are really simple, like, you know, record in the studio. But then behind that, you've got the preparation, the editing, the imagery, and there's a social media and the promotion and so on. So yeah, there is, there is a lot to learn and you can make it as complicated or as simple as you want. I suppose the important thing is to make sure that you're happy that the content's right because even if your audio sounds fantastic, people aren't going to listen for very long if you're not giving them something that's useful. And that's why I try to err on the side of making, as much as I can, this stuff practical and, and, and useful. But there is, a lot, uh, there is a lot of stuff to do. And again, if I was giving someone you know, advice on making a podcast, I would suggest I would suggest that they don't do a podcast unless they they can commit to the time because it can become it can become a real a real time thief, can't it? There are there are weekends when I am in here, and you probably forget that I live in the house. <laughs> yes, I so do. It's, it's it's time consuming, and there's a lot to it. But but I but I also enjoy it. And actually, what I've also learned is as I've learned the stuff because I have an interest in those things as well. Um, I find them enjoyable and. Hopefully, I'm getting a little bit better with, with each episode. I don't know. The audience can tell me that. Well, I've alluded to the fact that you listen to podcasts a lot um, and we're not big telly watchers and you spend a lot of time doing the research and listening to podcasts and that whole world is is growing and developing almost by the day isn't it so what what do you regularly listen to who do you re respect um in in that forum um my logic is i think it's like being an author you know if you're a writer which i'm not you need to read a lot because to be able to write well you need to read what other people write and so i apply the same logic to the podcast i like to listen to lots of different podcasts and listen to how other people are producing their stuff to, to give me something to aspire to. 
And uh, so I do listen to a lot, whether I, if I'm listening, if it's just downtime stuff, I like listening to uh, Adam Buxton, WTF with Mark Maron. One of my favorites at the moment is the super PP time, if it's, uh, if it's time for a, gig, a giggle. There's podcasts like uh, the Poorly Summarized podcast that I was uh, lucky enough to be asked to be a guest on back in January. That seems like such a long time ago. I think the episode was about middle-aged men twerking. Maybe we should bring that back. So, so there are quite a lot of podcasts I listen to just, you know, for a laugh and, and to relax. Then there's the podcast where I'm, I'm using them to develop myself. So things like Be Reasonable, Radio Lab, all of the NPR stuff and the WNYC, all of those, you know, Hidden Brain and, and so on. I, I find those really interesting, but also, you know, you learn stuff from them. And then there are the podcasts I listen to which have a similar theme or they kind of relate to this podcast. And I listen to them for two reasons. First of all, you know, again, to see what other people are doing, to see how other people are covering similar subjects, to get uh, inspiration. So these are podcasts like the, the GTD podcast, Asian Efficiency, do um, the Productivity Show. There's an English company called Next Action Associates, who, as I understand it, are the British franchise for teaching people how to do GTD. So their podcast is really interesting. Sometimes just being immersed in the subject keeps me interested in it. And that in turn makes sure that, you know, I continue to look out for things and, and it kind of keeps me focused on the subject. And then there's, um, as I said, there's the podcast that, that kind of influenced me. Things like NPR, Radio Lab, Hidden Brain. Presumably you'll put all the links in your show notes? Of course. <laughs> all the links will be in the show notes. <laughs> just obviously as the host of this, I just need to be clear of... Yes, yes. How am what? I doing, by the way, <laughs> on, on your podcast? Well, you're very, very serious. Am I? Yeah, and okay. actually that isn't reflective of what you're normally <laughs> like and I'm struggling a little bit because you're being so serious and I can't bounce off of you. <laughs> you spoke to us earlier about things that you maybe would have done differently and obviously you're um, making changes weekly really and, and it's something we often talk about at the dinner table isn't it about what what you think you might like to do for next week or yeah the next interview or um your next subject matter or what have you and we do yeah. discuss that so um how do you see that it's changed from that first episode all those months ago i cringe a little bit when i listen to the first ones i think i think you know from an audio production perspective they're okay and a few people did comment that Actually, they were surprised how good the quality was to start off with. But that's just because, you know, I've spent a lot of time with the voiceover stuff. So, you know, I, I think... also you're a perfectionist. <laughs> perfectionist. Yes, I'm a, I am a perfectionist. I, uh, well, I am, I suppose, I'd call myself a reformed perfectionist. Sorry? Um, I'd call myself a reformed perfectionist because uh, there are things in life that I, I would end up not doing at all because I didn't think I could do them to a high enough standard. I think I've proved that old me wrong because I do now do the podcast and actually did make the podcast. Old me would just never have made it. I'd have just planned it all the time. I'd have spent all my time working out how it's going to be, trialed it, done a bit of practice and never actually launched it. So I promise you I am, I am a reformed perfectionist. Um, why am I saying I promise you? Am I promising you or your listeners on your podcast? Um, <laughs> So, uh, so how's it changed? Um, is that what you asked me? I think so. What did you ask me? Way back when. What, yeah, how doing? has it changed? Come on. So the structure's changed. Um, it's become less rigid. 
we have sadly seen the evolution of Steve in the field, who has uh, evolved over time. Let's let's skip and not talk about Steve in the field. I think the mix of interviews and then episodes where we're covering a subject or an area that could be helpful to people about you know how to get more sleep or here is an example of how you can use checklist to, to to work for you or this is an introduction to GTD and this is where you can find the resource. So I think the practical stuff is really there and I'm pleased with that but um, I think I've become a bit more relaxed. I don't think I take myself quite so seriously anymore. Uh, you've ended up kind of becoming a sort of an informal co-host who makes regular appearances. I didn't plan that. <laughs> Not when I only had one microphone. <laughs> Well, I've just noticed, actually. Can I you're, stop you? No, stop you're, you. No, it's my podcast. You haven't got them. You are not one fist away from your microphone. And <laughs> and that is because I don't have earphones. Right, hang on a second. There you go. Thank you. You can put them on. Lovely. Don't I look like Princess Leia? Yes, you do. You yeah. look, do you know what? I was just about to say that you look like Princess Leia. I wish. Um, you um. <laughs> No, it's just I'm asking the questions. Oh, yes, sorry. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so you just mentioned Steve in the field. And, yes, um, can, can we not talk about Steve in the field? No, we're going to talk about Steve in the field because last Saturday morning I was stood at the sink <laughs> in the kitchen and um, all of a sudden the, the kitten, who isn't a kitten, but we call her the kitten, came running in with a look of alarm on her face and all I could hear was screaming from the garden. And I looked out of the window and you were sat in one of the outdoor chairs by the compost heap in amongst the apple trees, screaming your head off. Yes. So. (laughs) What's wrong with that? (laughs) Well, one, the neighbours, you know, may have something to say. Two, it frightened the life out of me. Um, And it was only after a while that it clicked to me that actually it wasn't you. It was Steve in the field. So, talk to me about all of that stuff. Well, you might remember, and listeners might remember, if you listen to some of the early episodes, I talked about me going out in the field and, you know, and uh, recording some bits of the podcast while I'm doing stuff, like in the car or on my way somewhere or chatting to someone in the street or whatever. Oh, you used to record it in the car, didn't you? I yeah. remember before Steve in the field. Yeah, I'd yeah, forgotten yeah. about yeah. that. I used to record in the car and I used to record me listening to podcasts. You used to sit on the, the driveway. Yeah. No, I didn't. I was driving no, to a very, driving, very sorry, important yeah. meeting and I had lots of important people to, <laughs> to go to. I wasn't sitting on the driveway. Don't, stop giving away all the secrets. People out I there believe we're that. sitting in a, in a posh, expensive Soho studio and, uh, and Steve in the field is a real character. <laughs> I don't think they believe that at all. Like. I hope not. No. So, um, yeah, he kind of, uh, talk, see, uh, the problem is I keep catching myself <laughs> talking about him like he's a third. He kind of evolved. <laughs> on, one, on one of the episodes, you might remember, I, we had a conversation <laughs> where, I said to, where he said to me, Steve, you do know we're the same person, don't you? You're not losing. And maybe that was it. Maybe it was in that episode where um, I lost sight of the fact that he wasn't a separate person and he became like an alter ego. and. Uh, for those that it's not obvious to, he's kind of become my foil and the character that acts out in a really crass and stupid way, the opposite of what I'm trying to present in the podcast. And 
you know, it's for two reasons. It's for three reasons. The first reason is just it's a bit of light relief because, you know, frankly, who wants to hear me just droning on and on for ages? Not me. Uh, thank you. The second reason is because, so he's presenting that sort of, you know, like last week, you think you think checklists are an idea. I don't need, uh, I don't need checklists. Uh, I can get on and take these photos of these deer in a field and clearly it didn't quite work out for him. And the third bit, I actually really enjoy doing it because I really enjoy recording it and, and making it and uh, it's just a bit of fun. I don't know. No one's told me to stop doing it. That's the main um, reason. The fourth of the three reasons is no one's told me to stop doing it. So I'm going okay, to carry well, on let, doing it. Let's have a chat about that later. No. Maybe no, off air. No. So how do you choose your subjects? Uh, randomly. <laughs> I think... Well, I guess so. I do pay attention to what what goes on in the in the in the world of self development, and you know, people like Michael Hyatt and and David Allen and uh, Tim Ferriss and all those people that that produce this stuff. I pay attention to what's going on and what's around, and uh, and kind of pick things up as I as I listen to podcasts and I look at what's out in social media and so on. I've got different tools that I use to get the information. So things like Feedly and Hootsuite, which you can use to sort of, you know, put relevant stuff into your inbox. So you can just search on the term productivity and it can put stuff in your inbox. So it kind of, the info comes to me and then I can um, decide whether I think something's useful or interesting or, or not. And we've done, what is this? This is episode 27, isn't it? So I think we've done four interviews and I quite like the interview format. I think I'll continue doing that in some in some form so uh but apart from the interview so if we've done five interviews 22 episodes have been about a subject and so far they've all been about a different subject <laughs> the challenge is at some point uh, you know i'm gonna run out of subjects <laughs> so i think well, are, are you or is this this is so evolving isn't it all the time and you know i was talking to my niece the other day and it's stuff that her age group kind of just starting out in the real world in their jobs and and kind of new startups and exciting evolving businesses this is subject matter that they're talking about in their normal day-to-day world it's not just stuff you go and find out about it's it's part of normal working practices in in forward thinking and proactive businesses and I think that it's going to become more and more to the fore so I think your subject matter is going to be able to grow. I, I think you're right. And, and actually, in all seriousness, one of the problems I've, I'm starting to encounter is I look at and talk about this stuff so much that to me, it's commonplace. You know, it's well, a new subject. It's not in my workplace. In my workplace, what we do in my team is, is very different. Yeah. And I suppose, so it's... It's trying to remember um, which bits of it are new to people, which bits of it are interesting to people, and trying to do it in a way. And it might be that maybe, I don't know, what was that thing that you you did with a team member of yours the other day around um, prioritization? You did some work with one of your team. So prioritization is a simple word. There are a thousand different ways to do it. You know, if you, if for some people, the word prioritization means one thing and then if you present present it in a way that they understand it they might find it useful if you present it in a way that's very different to what they understand i might have to revisit that subject in a different way and then yeah. you know keep re- revisiting those things to make them useful because there's such a wide range of stuff i could cover and people i could listen to 
And I've got to say that one of the challenges for me of the podcast is recording something, putting it out there, and then I actually get very little interaction from the listeners. So, so you know, unlike being a, I don't know, working in the theatre or a stand-up comedian or, or measuring um, a product that you make by sales, I get very little feedback. Mm. So the only feedback I get is from people who are in sort of a relatively close circle of friends who I interact with on social media. I get the odd, um, the odd comment, the odd like, the odd interaction on Twitter or, or Instagram. But often that's not necessarily about the content of the podcast. That's just about a subject that I've tweeted on or whatever. And actually the actual interaction I get from the listeners and, you know, we've got, we, we've, we've had thousands and thousands of of downloads now and, and there's loads of subscri- subscribers out there apparently according to the uh, the tool that drives the um, the engine behind the podcast it's hard to tell whether whether you're hitting the mark with your listeners and you can only assume you are because lots of people are downloading it but you don't know whether uh, they prefer it to go one way or another and and it's really difficult because then when I ask for feedback and I ask for input from people if I get feedback from two or three people, I don't know whether they represent the majority or the minority. Mm. You know, two people might say, Steve in the field is an idiot and, and he's really distracting and it's stopping me from concentrating on the podcast. And they might feel very strongly about that. But 98% of the people might think, you know, on a, on a range of, it's inoffensive to, I really like it. And it's really hard to, you can't be all things to all people. So I suppose what I've got to do is just say, actually, this is what I think is going to work. This is what I think is useful. I'll put it out there and, and, and hopefully it is. And the aim of this podcast is not to grow a massive listener base or, or certainly not make money from it. We don't, we don't, we don't make any money from it. it. It was about producing something that I like, that I'm happy with, and hopefully other people will like. And I guess that hasn't really changed. Okay. So who, who do you think your listeners are? Who, who are you trying to encourage to... Um, download your episodes and get involved with what you're doing at Sharp. Oh, my earphones have fallen off. Oh my goodness, that means you won't be able to hear anything. <laughs> your earphones aren't plugged into anything. <laughs> Thank you. Just do me a favour. Just say, help me, Obi-Wan, you're my only hope. <laughs> I don't know what you just said. <laughs> so, but my listeners do. And who are my listeners? Uh, mm. So... My target audience, well, I'll tell you, I can tell you who my target audience is not. I'm not targeting this at CEOs or people that um, have already had major success. I leave that stuff to, to people like Tim Ferriss and Jordan Harbinger and so on. I think early on, my, um, and I will, I will answer your question, but I think early on, my inspiration was um, I got into meditation. I got into meditation through Dan Harris's book, 10% Happier. And that approach to here's something which, it's not going to change your world, but it might make it might make you feel ten percent happier. I'm kind of hoping that what we do here might help people get ten percent better at what they do. If they can spend ten percent less time doing the same stuff, then that then gives them an hour to do something else. So that's that's kind of the logic. And who are those people? I think they're entrepreneurs, um, they're parents, uh, they're they're people. Here's, a, here's an interesting target group that I think is, I think there's a lot of people that fit this category. People that manage people, but who don't get very much support from their company in doing that. So they're employed by a company. They're employed to manage people. 
they've probably had some training in their past around how to manage people. So they're probably trained in the formal subject of managing people. But they're not, then I believe there are lots of people that aren't supported by their company in getting better themselves. The company doesn't, doesn't develop them to get better at what they do, to manage their time, to be um, uh, proactive, to be able to prioritize, to be able to work out how to get more stuff done in less time, how to work smarter rather than work harder. It's, it's just take emails, for example. We talked about this in the episode on emails. No one's ever taught us how to manage email. We all, we kind of, we, we've decided we think we know how to manage email and yeah. we come up with all sorts of different systems. No one's, no one's ever, well, I say no one. I mean, obviously some people have, but in the main, most of us haven't been taught how to manage email. We've just kind of evolved into a way. And I think the same applies to managing your working day, managing your time, getting better at what you do. And I'm confident there are many people out there who might be responsible for managing other groups of people who don't actually get any help from their company um, formally in, in terms of how to manage themselves better and how to get better at what they do. So they're, they're my target audience. Do you remember going to work and not having email? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of, it's evolved, hasn't it? So I can remember it must have been 2003 when I got my own computer on my desk. Was it? Yeah, and then had my own email address. And I used to get excited because I'd probably get five, maybe ten emails a day. Yeah. And that's evolved over a period of time, not just with different jobs and different workloads but actually the the whole process people in the business I work for now Steve we don't do anything by phone no. everyone does it by email and I find it very frustrating because the emails you get are actually have you done could you do you know and it, it, it's a 10 20 second phone call which yeah. actually would stop clogging my inbox up but that's I'm guessing how a lot of businesses work and you're quite right. None of us have ever really had any, un, have any understanding about how that impacts our other stuff that we have to do. Because actually our major focus in, in most arenas is around emails. We talked there about, for example, managing incoming emails. Who's taught us how to send emails? Well, you know, yeah. who's, who's taught us how to use email in a way that gets a, gets a result from your people? If you're, if you're a manager of people, You'll know because you've been doing it for um, over 50 years now. Um, <laughs> if you're a manager of people, you learn about the ways you ask people to do things. Yeah. You know, so the whole management courses are, um, are set up around X and Y style management. You know, X being very directive, Y being very, come on, supportive, collaborative, and so on. And good managers, in my view, have a skill to be able to move along that continuum and to decide in any given scenario, this is the approach I'm going to take. This is the way I'm going to manage this situation. And importantly, this is the way I'm going to talk to this person. You know, some well, you people... you know what, what, what buttons to press, don't yeah. you? A different, yeah. And some people need a bit more time and some people need a bit more explanation. Some, yeah. some people just need to be told, go do. Yeah. And, and yet when we write emails, we, we not, only, not only do we not think about how we write them, we write them to whole groups of people in one go, yeah. you know. It, and, and so no one's taught us how to send emails. No one's taught us how to communicate in a formal, written way, in a way that gets results. And yet you ask anyone that comes along for a job about what's important in a business, communication. 
They all mm. say the same thing. Everyone I interview, communication is key. And that same person will go to a business and they'll send an email to 15 people, which is badly constructed. It's not clear about what it's asking. It doesn't take into consideration what's going on in their world. And they're doing two things. They're getting it off their desk and they're getting it onto someone else's to-do list. And that's, I get, wow, I'm getting very animated now. Yeah, you are. For those those who are are watching in black and white, I'm moving my hands around quite a lot. but, it, you know, it does. It, it is a passion of mine. And I think the same logic applies to how we manage our time, mm-hmm. how we manage priorities, how, how we learn to get better at what we do. Many companies don't invest time in their, um, in their employees and their managers and, their, and even their senior management about how to do that in a great way. And so my aim with this podcast is to present some stuff that's useful to people. And it's free. It doesn't cost anything other than an investment of some time in paying attention to it. But yeah, they are, they're subjects I'm very, uh, get very excited about. Okay. How sad. Well, no, it's not sad. <laughs> I find it quite interesting. Even me. It, what even you, do you understand it? I, I, I vaguely <laughs> understand some of the words that come out of your mouth, but not the really long ones. I wish I understood them. So wh- where do you envisage that this is, is going to, what, the podcast? Yeah, the podcast. What, what are you going to do with it? What do you want to do with it? Where is it going? Um, that's a really hard question to answer um, for two reasons. First of all, because I think I've got to a point at the podcast where I'm starting to give some thought myself to where is it going? How is it going to evolve? Where do I want? What do I want episode 50 to sound like? Where is that going to be? So taking some of my own advice, I need to do that with a bit of intention and a bit of thought. I think that I would like the podcast to continue to evolve, become very listenable, continue to be lighthearted, not taking ourselves too seriously, enjoyable to listen to as well as informative. But quite how I'm going to do that, if I'm honest, I'm not really sure yet. I I need to give that some thought. I need to start to think about how those things evolve and maybe which parts of the podcast we're going to keep and which parts we're going to move on and whether we're going to keep Steve in the field. Yeah. Now, don't say it like that. It's just well, going, yeah. Yeah. Keep yeah. Him. Keep him. Mm. So, um, so, oh, how's your podcast going? The one, <laughs> this one that I'm a guest on. Yeah, really well, thank yeah? you. You're it's hugely successful. Okay. Um, I have a vast number of listeners from yes. all across the world. Um, I'm I'm regularly in touch with um, key personnel who are helping me to develop and grow. Uh huh. Yeah. And where do you think your podcast is going? Probably to the kitchen. <laughs> you can't go to the kitchen in those headphones. <laughs> no, I'm you're, going to wear them for the rest of the day. You'll scare the cats. I'm wearing them for the rest of the day. Well, I think um, I think uh, it, it's been. Thank you very much for interviewing me. Are they um, waterproof? Uh, no. It's it's been it's been a bit strange to be on this side of the table to be answering the questions instead of asking them, but um, interesting and useful, and it probably is a good time to start to reflect on um, on on what we're going to do to move the podcast forward. And I would, I genuinely would ask and appeal to all of our listeners because it, there appear to be thousands of you out there. That that is what the numbers are telling me, and I guess my logic is that even if only half the people actually listen and, and only half of those are paying attention and only half of those are, are thinking about what we're talking about, 
That still means there's a fair few hundred people that might be listening to the words I'm listening to. Are you listening to the words I'm saying now? Stop whatever you're doing now and pay attention. You can't multitask. Do you think we should ask Janine to stop downloading each episode several thousands of times? I know, see, it tells me that. I can tell I can tell if it's the same person. These are unique users. But um, genuinely, I would ask people to, because they can contact me all sorts of ways. We're obviously on all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, same same handle, at Sharp Podcast. What's funny? All of the social All of the social media. All of the flavors of crisps. All of all of the modern social media that the kids are on. Uh, You're I, so middle-aged. <laughs> we're on Bebo. We're on Friend Face. Friend Face. What was that? Uh, we're on. Uh, we're on Friends Reunited this week. MySpace. MySpace and Friends Reunited. We're on this week. So on, on Twitter and uh, Instagram and Facebook, and I'm on them three because I am middle-aged and I, and I still understand them. Snapchat, uh, Grinder, that's one, isn't it? Grinder is one. <laughs> I don't know. We need to should talk. We, should we go on to Grinder? <laughs> we need to talk. Um, you know, but, but, but seriously, I would really like people to contact, contact us. Um, you can do it on social media, at Sharp Podcast, one word, two Ps. Uh, you can go on to the website, so you can go on to any episode. So if you're listening to this episode on a podcatcher and you go into the show notes, you can go to the website and on the website itself, which is www.sharppodcast.com. So you can do that. You can send a message via the website. You can, do, But do, do let us know. Do let me know what you'd like to be different, where you'd like it to go, what bits you find really useful and so on. And you know, if I only get one or two people giving feedback, I probably won't change a lot because I don't know whether those people represent the majority. But if I do get a lot of feedback from people and a lot of people are saying the same things, then um, we can have a look at that. Anyway, I've got to clean up the tea that I've spilled everywhere because we're not in some great big posh studio. You are sitting there with uh, a mattress behind you and a pair of headphones on that aren't connected to anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's making me feel good. It makes you feel good. And the good news is it stops you from hearing me. Um, Thank you for taking the time to do this. Oh, it's been a pleasure, Steve. And I shall look forward to... Uh, what are we looking forward to? Lunch. Lunch. Okay, let's go have some lunch. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye, Lisa. <laughs> bye-bye. I'm not even doing it. Bye-bye. All the links, resources and articles I've used in this episode will be in the show notes right there on your device. Hopefully you'll find them helpful and useful, and hopefully you'll find this whole podcast helpful and useful. I hope you do, and I do spend a lot of time and effort making sure it's relevant, helpful, and entertaining enough for you to listen to. If you agree and you'd like to show your support, there are several ways you can do it. If you want to invest in any of the books or other resource that we talk about, we've got a resource page on the website. The tab is called Get Stuff, and if you click on any of the links and buy anything, it won't cost you any more but it gives us a few pence towards the gear and my time to help us make this podcast what it is. Alternatively, you can share the podcast on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. We are at Sharp Podcast, one word, two Ps. Or you could even show someone how to subscribe on their phone or their device. You could go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating or a great review, which would be fab. And finally, on the website, sharppodcast.com, you can leave feedback, subscribe or go and listen to the archive episodes. 
I'm off. I hope you're able to find one thing before our next episode that you can do, which will help you get better. And remember, don't waste time comparing yourself to anyone else. The only person you should try to be any better than is the person that you were yesterday. Bye-bye. Sounds like a great title for um, this no for Kirsty's autobiography. <laughs>